Welcome to the Seth Campbell podcast. This show is to equip you with real world tactics that improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on the world. Today, I've got a real interesting conversation for all of us to have. One of the things that is most common that I face when people bring me in as a consultant or just call me for advice or want to hire me as a coach consultant uh, for their organization is they're attempting to scale their business, scale their organization. Uh, scale is something that I've been a part of with many companies as an employee. And I've also uh, had many of my companies scale over time. And it's become an obsession of mine to learn the patterns of scale, the hindrances of scale. You'll hear us talk a lot about scaling an organization. And I'll bring some folks on every once in a while that we can interview that have also been through the process of scale. This one is around that. And I call it the three-legged race of scale. And some of y'all have heard me talk about three-legged race before. And what I want to do today is break that down in a couple of scenarios. You're going to want to take some notes. And for those of you who have come to our Facebook group, the Seth Campbell podcast, and you've joined that, you're going to be able to see an extended video version where you'll be able to see some things that we show on the screen. And also you'll get a privy to folks that, who hear the podcast, don't get to hear, which is we record a Q&A session with some of our listeners who get the opportunity to listen into the podcast live. And sometimes they ask questions about what we talked about. Sometimes they ask other stuff. It goes really deep. You never know. So join us on the Seth Campbell podcast group on Facebook. So today is about the three-legged race of scale. And if you remember, what is a three-legged race? It's funny, I asked my 12-year-old today, I was like, what's a three-legged race, do you know? And he didn't know, so I'm wondering, do they not do that in school anymore? Is that, that? well, I know there's, I don't even know if there is school anymore, is there? But it, either way, the three-legged race, if you remember, and we'll put up a picture on an edited version for those of you who get the chance to see the video from the Facebook group, is it's two people, right? And you're standing next to each other and they tie your you know middle leg together so it'd be like if i'm on the left side to tie my right leg and to your left leg and there's so you essentially have three legs you're sharing the middle one and you got to race a bunch of other people who are tied and it's really funny to watch because a lot of people try to go too fast and they trip and they fold down and the, the way to win a three-legged race is you got to coordinate you got to put one of y'all got to put one leg forward then you both need to put that center shared leg together forward then you put you know the right leg forward and you just do that as fast as you can without falling down. You keep a cadence and you go. Scale, one of my great mentors, very successful billionaire, gave me this analogy in a snapshot and I've internalized it and observed it in so many organizations and my own and taken it a little bit further, a little bit more depth to, to present to you. So I want to name the three legs of scale. And it is very much a three-legged race. And the three legs would be operations, sales and finance operations sales and finance yes there are many ingredients to organization these are the three-legged race of scale so now if you think about it for a second you get the picture they've got to all three move forward if you're going to scale your team your organization your nonprofit, whatever you're a part of the work group that you're in if you're going to scale get to this level of achievement that is blown off the rooftops. So it's really going out there. Sometimes that is expanding in a multiple locations. Sometimes it is achieving a huge market share online, whatever it may be, your version of scale. All three of these have got to go forward. And where I see a lot of organizations struggle 
is they don't get that it is a three-legged race. In other words, what happens if sales keeps going forward, the sales leg, the sales leg, the sales leg, the sales leg, you could see at some point the pressure of the operations leg, the finance leg not keeping up will cause that company to stumble. All three legs have to move forward. And I got to tell you, there's plenty of organizations that downplay that. And how does it start? It starts with who's in charge. It starts with the, the level of talent. In other words, if you think right now, and, and, and by the way, you could be early stage company. You don't have a lot of people or you're a solopreneur or you're by yourself inside of this work team, future work team. That's fine. You're doing all three. You're doing all three. And if your finance skills are horrendous, you recognize that as your ceiling. You're not going to get to a high enough level of success until you either learn those skills or you hire those skills. You get that. Now let's go a little bit forward. You have some of those people in place. It, it's amazing how many small businesses, especially, and I've been guilty of this myself, get sales down. Usually you got to, by the time you start hiring people, eh, operations is suspect, questionable finance. One day we'll get there. feels like we're too poor to worry about that now. And, and every startup is like that. That always feels poor. And yet one day doesn't always come. And then you have, oh, I owe the IRS a bunch of money. God, my books were a mess. I don't know. And then what happens? What happens when one leg gets dragged for too long? Now let's go deeper. Let's say the left leg is operations. The middle combined leg is sales. The right leg is finance. If I drag sales, behind if i drag operations behind left leg sales is out front finance is okay i could get away with that for a while i could get away with that for a while at some point what do i need to do i'm gonna have to cause a pause like i'm, I'm not gonna be able to stay coordinated i'm not gonna keep moving and remember this is a race so we're not alone there's other people vying for the same territory the same finish line the same market share depending how long I've dragged that left leg of operations probably dictates how long I'm going to have to stop, how much damage is done. Maybe I tore up my shoe. Maybe I've got to like really stop and put my shoes on. Maybe I got to get new shoes. Who knows? Maybe it just dragged for a little bit. And what is that? I hire a new person, put a better person there. They start catching up. If I've dragged it long enough, I'm going to have to pause longer. What happens when I pause? People start passing me. If I go to the right leg of finance, same thing. I could drag, I could have sales and operations crushing it for so long that I kind of drag finance. I have sloppy books. I have sloppy numbers. I'm not sure how good I'm doing really yet. There's money in the bank and I, you know, I don't go broke yet. I could drag that for a while. That's the most common one, by the way. And then at some point there's this cleanup phase and we call it, man, I had to hire somebody to go clean up my books. I had to go back four years and clean up everything. And, well, that's okay. I hired them. So that's their problem. They'll deal with it. They'll fix it. It doesn't work that way because guess what? They've got about a thousand questions for you. 2005. What is this expense? What is this? Oh, you owe this IRS. Oh, by the way, the IRS's penalties is like whatever, a hundred times, whatever any credit card would have been. So there's all this mess that causes interference back to you and it will slow you down. You will stop. You will have to pause the race. Others probably will pass you. And it's because you dragged along without putting somebody better there. You let your sales leader be way better 
than your operations leader. You let your, your sales leader and your operations be pretty good and he never took on the finance person. You always outsourced it and the outsourced person was even suspect questionable. They were just somebody who just did your books for you, but never helped you, never questioned you, never gave you advice, never made your finances better. They were maintenance people instead of growth people. Now what happens when that middle combined leg, the sales leg, can you drag that along? Could you have the two outside legs of operations and finance moving forward? What happens when you drag that middle leg? It's not a pause, it's a fall. You will fall on your face. You will fall down. You may get injured if you were trying to go too fast. That's when you have a sales problem, it can be more fatal. It could actually take you out of the race. You may have to stop. You may have to end this race and start all over. Or if you didn't go too far, too fast, you didn't fall too hard. There's a whole process of getting back up, reorganizing, restructuring, reigniting the sales, finding a different product. It's sometimes a total change of the organization. So that's the one that you really can't afford to drag. You can't drag the middle leg of sales or else you're not even really in the race. So you get the concept, all business attempting to move forward at a big rate to hit a big goal is in a three-legged race. Sometimes they only think it's two, sales and operations, or just sales. And that's why others pass you. That's why you struggle to scale. Or we tend to think sales somehow is more important than operations and finance, and it's not. It's more deadly when it's not in place. So it is required. However, the other two have got to keep up. You can't keep dragging them and expect to win the race anyway. You can finish the race. You can do okay. You ain't going to win. So now I want to go a little bit further and let's talk about some of the different combos of like when one's out front and I want to give you some quick corrective action. So as we go through this, think about where you're at in this. Maybe you're a solopreneur, like I said, so this is just notes for the future and you're going to avoid a lot of trouble and you're going to shave off many years of struggle because I'm giving you some free advice here that you'd otherwise pay somebody like me to come a lot of money to come in and help you figure this out. And if you are on a team or have an organization, I really want you to think this does apply to you. Even if you think it doesn't, it does apply to you. I want you to figure out honestly, where are you dragging? Where are you behind? And I'm going to give you the corrective action on it. So let's go through a couple of the major, more common scenarios. First scenario, sales is forward and operations and finance are the ones that are dragging. So sales is forward, operations and finance are dragging behind. Most of these solutions, by the way, are going to surprise you. You're going to think it's a different answer. And this is why people don't naturally scale. So when sales is forward, ops and finance, ops and or finance are dragging, you need to improve data-driven decision-making. I would bet for you to have like really hard, really awesome sales, really awesome volume, revenue, recruiting, whatever your thing is, if you're doing well there and you feel like you're not scaling and your operations people are not as talented or your finance people are non-existent or not as talented, as your sales or your growth department, then I bet you're more emotional. I bet you your organization couldn't tell me what your profit per sale is, profit per person, profit per widget. You probably couldn't tell me 
your operational minutes executed on a primary task per person. I'll give you an example. An organization, real estate, uh, a large real estate organization team that I consult with, they do about $30 million of sales a month. Extremely talented operations leader. And I got on a Zoom with her and just the first time I ever met her and was asking her questions about like their primary function, which in their case for her department had to do with how they processed uh, transactions, the closings of a real estate sale. And she was spouting off, get this, on average, this particular task, which is a primary key task, it takes the average person inside of my organization 28 minutes to accomplish. I've got it down to 16 minutes. And I've done it, the record's like 14 minutes. On average, I'm at 16 minutes. They're at 28 minutes. The new person's at 32 minutes. And this is how I train them to get down closer to the 20s. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is an operational person that knows the numbers, data-driven decision. She didn't say, oh, that person's really good. That person's not as good. Oh, that person is more experienced. That person's really fast. That person's slow. That person gets to the person. I didn't hear any of that. I heard 28 minutes, 16 minutes, 22 minutes, 38 minutes. That's what I heard. That is an operations person that most likely is, and well, not most likely, is keeping up a very dominant, amazing sales team also. So if your sales are out front, your growth is out front, and something isn't working, your solution is data-driven decision-making, DM, data-driven decision-making. Most likely you can't tell me profit per person, profit per sale, minutes on executed primary task, any of that. So get to that. You're missing data. And if you don't have the right people constantly trying to feed you data, I can tell you the owner of that organization never asked her to find that stat. That's how you measure where your operations, your finance people are. Are they just giving you results or are they feeding you corrective or keeping up or out front maybe in, in some cases? Okay, scenario two. Let's say operations is out front. What happens when you see an organization like that? Operations is head, sales or finance is dragging. Now let's make one thing clear and it'll be even more clear in the, the third subject. This is what I'm talking about for an extended period of time. In the nature of a three-legged race, one of them is always out front. That's how it's supposed to be. Like first this one, then the other two move forward. Then one of them jumps out front. It doesn't even always have to be the same thing. It's not like it's always sales goes forward, then ops and finance follow behind. Then sales go forward, then ops and finance fall behind. You can win a three-legged race. Sometimes a different one will outpace the other one. It's always going to be like that with talent. Sometimes finance goes way out front because you have big sales and the other two just keep going. So I'm talking about where something's stuck, where you're dragging something, you're dragging one of the legs. One is consistently the last one. They're, they're almost never tied. They almost never keep up with the sales department or the ops department or finance department, or they just never keep up with any either of the other two. That's what I'm talking about. So this just remember, this is about an extended period of time. This is what's blocking you from scale. So now let's talk about when ops is constantly ahead, extended period of time, sales and or finance is dragging. What's your solution? It's going to sound a little more emotional because sales tends to be on the more emotional side. You need to improve your aggression, your risk taking. I bet you have things you're still working on before you put them out. 
That's what happens when the ops person dominates an organization is you have things, a great launch is still in the works. I'm still tweaking, I'm still getting ready. I haven't put it out yet, still working on it. You're missing that rule breaker. You're missing the fearless person that tends to drive sales. The, the aggressive person that just goes out there and shakes trees like we talked about in tree shakers, jelly makers. You're missing that. I'll give you a couple of quotes that will really identify it. Some smart people, Reed Hoffman, uh, who's the founder of LinkedIn, he had a great quote said, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. So people need to laugh at your first launch, need to laugh at your product. And if you have an operational person not letting that out because it's being perfected in the garage, you're in trouble. Get back to the risk taker. Reed Hastings, founder of Netflix. Companies rarely die from moving too fast. They frequently die from moving too slowly. Companies rarely die from moving too fast and they frequently die from moving too slowly. Reed Hastings, founder of Netflix. So if your ops is constantly out front, time to bring in some sharks, time to bring in some risk takers, time to bring in those people who, by the way, the ops person is scared to death of because they make massive messes. It's time. It's time to get risky. It's time to get sloppy. It's time to go experiment. It's time to put more stuff out there. It's time. Now let's talk about the third scenario, the final one. And then we'll wrap up for today. When finance is ahead and sales and operations constantly drag. Now this one is very rare. It's very rare because uh, you, you, you didn't scale without the other two. So when this happens for an extended period of time, remember sale, uh, a finance can jump way out when you have a peak season, the market's in your favor, or you had a huge sale, or you had a windfall. So that's normal. It will go out front and the other two just keep up. This is like, it's been going on for a while. Finance is way better than operations. Like money in the bank, the finances are strong, very profitable, very strong company and sales growth and operations are quiet or not keeping up. This one is actually really only possible in a late stage company. So that's why it's rarer on the other thing. Cause most people think of companies that are trying to scale cause they haven't in this scenario, it would be a company that's already scaled. That's the only time you see this one. So it's indicative of a late stage company who is past its prime. The funny part is they still may be in denial of that. They may actually think that they're still in their prime. The funny part is they could actually still be number one in the marketplace. That's possible. And yet they've passed their decline, jumped the shark as some people say. So they've dominated for years. They may still be even number one. How do you know they're there? It's because you would look at the last five to 10 years or so, and it's been clear that they've shot a series of empty bullets. Like they just don't have that magic that they once had. And it's been going on for a while. It's a series of empty bullets. It's like what they thought would have happened to Apple when Steve jobs left. They were worried it was gonna be a series of empty bullets and, and it got a little scary for a minute there. And yet it actually hasn't been, it, it's not maybe as flashy as it used to be yet. It's more because they put an operations finance guy or an operations guy in charge. They still have done okay and beat all those fears back. So this is a company that didn't do that. It's five to 10 years of last five years have been empty bullets, 10 years. And 
you'll there's so many leadership changes to the point that you kind of even don't keep track anymore who's in what role and what executive now is doing that or who's that who's in charge like you it, it just keeps happening so much you don't even keep track anymore they most likely preceded that phase with a season of internal spin and illusion so i'm telling you how you get there so you can avoid it in case you're one of those organizations that's on that track and what does that mean internal spin and illusion the, the season before that that would have been you would have seen them be constantly attacked from an upstart aggressive innovator company and their general internal not necessarily external but internal response to their own people their own talent would have rooted somewhere along the lines of like we're number one don't worry about it ignore the noise we're number one don't worry about it, ignore the noise we make the most money don't worry about it ignore the noise they're full of it just don't worry about it just keep doing what you do we're number one we're, their, their natural lean was we're number one so don't worry about the upstart that's what have been a series before that then now you see five years ten years of empty blanks then you see a lot of executive change and things like that they are still in we're the goliath is what i would call it mode that's harvard right now by the way think about the world of college and higher education harvard's endowment is like billions of dollars yet their growth rates their their economic so their economics are dominant out front like it's, it's so much money it's ridiculous yet they have just gotten they're they're not the thing they used to be people don't even really care as much people don't pay as much and i'm not downgrading harvard i'm just saying if you've been around for 20 years 10 years watching harvard it's not the same and you see the innovation that's disrupting the college space and and the cost disruption is clearly on a bubble so there's this whole thing and they haven't gotten who's in charge i don't even know anymore like it's just not the same that's the goliath who relies on being goliath until they're no longer goliath they can still be in first place financially they are yet the clock's ticking they're already past the curve so it was blockbuster that one's still not that one's gone obviously but blockbuster history is full of those who lean on their financial market share strength while others gain ground and eventually picked off not just their market share but the talented folks inside their organization talented folks who are more entrepreneurial less bureaucratic and wanted to be in a less bureaucratic environment they end up moving over to the late stage remember people is the only way you get here just like the solution of how do I get operations to keep up, get a better operations leader, how to get finance, to keep, get a better, it, the answer is always in a who. So even in that thing, the company leaned on, don't worry, we're number one, instead of how do I keep the entrepreneurial aggressive people that got me here. And you also see them because this is a company that already scaled and is in a, they're not in an entrance scale. They're in a mode of, I need to continue to scale. So there's, you know, two variations of scale. I've already done it. Now I want to double down or continue scale. And then I'm entering scale. First two scenarios are really more apt for some it's inter scale. This one's more apt for the company. It's harder. That's already scaled that wants to continue scale or double down. They, the early entrance needs more rules. The late stage continued scale company. This one needs less rules. Early stage needs more experimentation. Late stage 
actually needs less experimentation. That's where they usually go wrong. They need less of experimentation, yet they need more innovation around the primary thing. So this is your way out of it for those of you that may be in this rare space. You don't need more experimentation. You don't need difference. You need more innovation towards the primary thing that got you there. That's where they usually mess up. They think they, they try to jump markets, become a different company. In other words, like Blockbuster didn't need to get out of the home movie game. What they needed is they needed to innovate how they delivered the home movie. First by mail, then by digital, right? So it's the same business, but you innovate around your primary flywheel, so to speak, it's called, is you innovate around your primary thing. A recruiting company doesn't need to become a technology company. They need to use technology and innovative programs to make them more efficient and more effective at recruiting. A B2B company doesn't become need to become a B2C company. A private company who wasn't designed to go public on a public exit doesn't need to suddenly go public. They need to fix the growth issue. That was the core of their business. So remember, if you are in this rare environment of we've already scaled, we're already dominant in our marketplace, in our area, in this side of town, we tend to want to go new, bring back innovation, yet not on something different on what got you there. Don't get out of the home movie business, innovate how you deliver it. Don't get out of the selling cookies business, innovate how you do it, make it more efficient, make it more effective. That's probably where you're getting beat. Don't get out of the recruiting business, innovate around how you recruit, who recruits, what you offer when you recruit, but make no mistake, say a recruiting business. So that's the formula inside of that. Remember scaling, whether it is entering scale or whether it is late stage, we need to continue to scale. You're still in the three-legged race sales, operations, finance, and it never stops. It never, ever stops. When you have really great sales leader, sometimes later down the race, they don't keep up as much because you upgraded your ops and your finance so good. They're so much faster. Time to upgrade the sales leader and vice versa. Sometimes you're, you have the perfect operations leader, but then your sales team, your finance team are so freaking fast. It's time to upgrade the operations leader. That is the game and it never, ever stops. You're in the three-legged race. Pay attention, be real, know the response to each one because it's different for each one, each scenario. And I hope you can take this and use it as a playbook so that you don't fall down, you don't have to reset, you don't have to pause, you can just go crush it. That's what this podcast is all about, for you to go learn these leadership skills, Learn these real life lessons so you can impact your family tree and those around you. With that, I love you. I'll let you go. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Don't forget to go to Facebook and look for the Seth Campbell podcast and join us there where we can have further discussion on these topics. Love y'all. Thank you.